mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello. I'm sorry. Can you do that again? It wasn't exciting enough. Hello. Bring that it is down a reference. Five. Hello. Do, 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 do. Here comes the sun. Is that the song? I feel like it was. Probably. Here Sometimes I just get the, the tunes. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. And we are back to doing virtual episodes just for the next couple. I was at a wedding this past weekend as we're recording this. 
Melissa was at some wedding events and then also upcoming a wedding. So we are protecting each other, keeping it safe from cooties and mm -hmm. the COVID. Mm -hmm. If you are brand new here, this is Don't Blame Me, where we give wonderful, life-changing, amazing advice. We have callers who, guess what they do? They call. They call in, leave voicemails, and then we give amazing advice. And you might be wondering, hey, Megan and Melissa, those are our names, by the way, how are you qualified to give this fantastic <laughs> advice? I can take my outer on half an hour, everybody. So just know that we're, we're going to get better. The words are going to make more sense in a little bit. One of us will get better. The other of us will stay the same because she's tired. <laughs> it might get worse. Me with that. I'm me, me. There's no amount of Adderall in the world that I can take that will make me as together as you always are. I just make a lot of notes. <laughs> I that, that make me that's seem great. like I'm together. No, that's and hey, to be fair. Isn't th then you are together, seeming like you're together. That's half. The you did it. That that's is being true. together. My notes. I've told you this. My notes are like so chaotic. I saw mods adding to our like group. Uh, group. There's only two of us. Our shared, <laughs> our your shared duo. notes app. And um, he was like putting something in my later tab, and I was like, "What are you doing there?" He goes, "Putting something that like we need to do later." And I go, "Well, no, like that's something you want to do on Saturday." And he goes, "Yeah, that's later." And I was like, "No." later doesn't have like a, a date and he was like what and i was like yeah no you have to like add a new tab for like what you want to do on priority <laughs> and he was like you're so like what the fuck is wrong with you and i was like a lot but i just need you to move that and then he moved a bunch of stuff and i go well, were you supposed to do all this on saturday how am i supposed to know that when i'm looking at that as my later why don't you break it down by monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday setting i don't want to be too overwhelmed so i do like the i do monday and then i do tuesday I have like two days each time. And then I have like Tuesday, Wednesday, then Thursday, Friday. And so this was on a Tuesday and he was wanting to do Saturday. And so I told him he could add Saturday, though I don't like to have a whole week there, but it was okay. And then I added a tab for the weekend. Yeah, I've got mine broken down by days and then have the most, I like stuff like in order by what needs to be done and then like highest priority. And then I know like if I don't get to the stuff on the lower on the list it's okay and then i just move it to the next day mm -hmm. until i finish it the game changer for me has been not making anything a priority like having them all be like equal when i say like high priority like don't blame me like record don't blame oh, me oh, oh. on the list oh, yeah, yeah. because we have to do that yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. actively doing it no i do that like, too yeah but not like, if it's timed stuff i put it at yeah. the top because then it happens earlier that mm -hmm. makes sense. Wow. So that was a really wonderful segue to tell you all <laughs> what this show is. So why are uh -huh. we qualified to give this advice, you might ask? Well, Melissa is a graduate of Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Columbia, and Brown. And, and you were the first student to ever have a octuplet degree simultaneous mm -hmm. from every college at the same time. You did invent mm -hmm. the time traveling data for quantum, what's it from Ant-Man? Quantum <laughs> mechanics, quantum something, the quantum realm. Okay. You are the first graduate student of, of, of the quantum realm, so. Of Ant-Man University. The most underrated Marvel movie. I will <laughs> stand by that. Like, Ant-Man is so good, and Mods thought I was 
full of it. He was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, no, it's so good. And we watched it. He goes, wait, this is like hike it up. That charts in my favorites. I was like, I told you. I fell asleep during Ant-Man. You have to go back and watch it. It's so good. But the one you really have to watch because Mott's was spot on, Moon Knight. Because that has whatever his name is that when Mott's, he came on the screen, Mott's goes, I feel like Melissa would like, <laughs> I was like, in what way? Sexually? Biblically? And then I ask you and you're like, I do. I do. Oscar Isaac. Yes. That one was it's really his good. his eyes and his jaw and his hair and his lips. So basically his face. He's got a nice face. Mm-hmm. He's got like that, like when people talk about, ooh, older man, that is what I'm like, okay, that's better for me than like someone with full gray hair. I'm like, ooh, ooh. How old is he? 43. Yeah. 43. Yeah. For me, that's not like that much older, so. No, no, I, I'm, I think for you, that makes you total sense. But like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I, I would not date someone in their 40s now, but mm-hmm. I would be, he, if you, you dated someone in their 40s, I would be like, yeah. okay, he's cute. It's not, we're not taking yeah. like a George Clooney situation. Who's mm-hmm. not that he's not cute, but like he's a, I don't know, I look at him and I'm he's like, like, dad. 60 now, isn't he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. George I don't know. Clooney. He's 61. Oh, yeah. Like he gives me bigger dad energy than like Phil Dunphy. Yeah. Right? Yes. 100% agree. He's only a couple years younger than my dad. So yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's just weird. Oh, in all actuality, what we lack in credentials, we make up in opinions. Yes. We have so many opinions. Some people say opinions are like assholes. I say. Uh, opinions are like hair follicles. I'm covered in them and they're constantly regenerating. <laughs> are your follicles regenerating or just your... Just your hair. Oh, that was a painful one for you, wasn't it? No, I was more so thinking <laughs> about... Uh, my mind was just in... My mind is kind of just like running around and then getting paused at some places. Mm-hmm. And when you were talking about your hair, I was thinking about how you have very fine blonde hair and when you shave you miss rose and that's what I thought of oh yeah I don't want to complain about like shaving because especially people who have very like large hair follicles I've learned because a lot of my friends I grew up with a lot of very my friends I love my friends dearly and it's factually they were they're very hairy they're very naturally hairy people and what I learned about like when you have like larger hair follicles and your hair grows in thicker it can be like more painful to even like shave because like it it can like snag a bit more and like pull your skin a bit more and or maybe this was just their very intense ones i mean my leg hair isn't like that so yeah i mean like it's f- finer like i go forever without shaving but it's not yeah but mine i step out in the sunlight and suddenly i am corduroy i am a golden bear i am a golden <laughs> retriever my legs are that and i'm like oh shit i missed all of this like I once found now that's like Kyle once found like a three or four inch hair on the back of my thigh and he was like you've missed this for years or is it like one of the well yeah it could be years but or is it one of those hairs that just kind of grows longer faster because I have one that's like right here on my arm that like it just grows faster than the rest of my hairs and then it'll just like be long one day and I have to physically pull it out Oh, that's weird. I don't know if I have those. Mine is mostly the, because when I get my leg hair wet, in general, unless I'm in the sun, I can't see it. But then if I get it wet, no fucking hope. 
I now put my glasses on to, to shave my do legs. Do not use like shaving cream so then you can guide it. I I do, but the issue is is like the the hairs are also so fine that sometimes they just don't catch it and they like don't get in there because like they just slip right through because there's not as much like traction. How many blades are on your razor? I don't know. Well, what how many are what are the options? It could be from 1 to 4. Oh, okay. It's definitely so not it one. Okay. Maybe you should get one that has more blades so that it's like one swipe equals four. Oh, is that what? Oh. Okay. Now what I've been doing is I have been shaving my legs at the edge of the bathtub mm-hmm. and I put my glasses on and I shave them and I like use the other hand to check to see if I can feel anything, which is not very helpful. And then... I walk really quickly. I dry my legs and then I walk around the house really quickly or I go outside and I figure out where I can feel the wind blowing through the hair that I missed. (laughs) And then I go back and then I shave those parts and then I do it again. And then I go out in the sunlight and then I ask Mods and then Mods is always like, it looks fine. And then we get in the car and for some reason it's the contrast with like the dark car and then the leg hair. And then I always end up finding a couple more and I'm like, okay. It's, it is what it is, but it's the wind in the hair. Like it's, if anyone's ever had lash extensions where like you get really long lashes and you can feel like the wind running through your eyelashes, I can feel the wind running through my leg hair constantly. And I am just reminded like, you're not very aerodynamic right now. Like you're being slowed down by the sails of your hair. Um... That, I'm sure, gave you so much confidence and faith that we're going to give you amazing advice. I just feel like that really solidified that fact. sealed it in. Sand, sealed, delivered. I'm yours. So what did you get up to this weekend? Or what day? We're recording this day. Thursday. Yeah, we usually record. I was trying to get you to talk about the henna, but I realized that that wasn't this weekend. It was yesterday on a Wednesday. So what I got into this week was um, recorded an audio book, recorded some podcasts, worked on a pitch. And also yesterday I went to Mahindi for my cousin and we got Anna. It's so pretty. And if you are subscribed to our Patreon, you can see it on my hand. For a dollar a month? For a dollar, you get to see hands. DM us privately if you want to see feet. I was going to say, is there a uh, a wiki hand? I think those are just hand models. Like, I think it would just be casting agents who are trying to (laughs) do that. I've had so many people like when like being like, have you ever considered not like professionals, but people like, have you ever thought about hand modeling? Like, do you play the piano? And I was like, my fucking scary my hands like look like Khloe Kardashian's when she edited her hands and then she looked like Voldemort. Like, I have such long really bony fingers and i'm like i could never see myself myself doing that like it would just be creepy also because you yourself as in megan like to have a lot of credit and things and you like the attention and if your hands are getting it that means your face isn't getting it so i don't think you'd be you'd be you'd become jealous of your own hands i would have to cut off my own hands i'd be like you betrayed me <laughs> you fuckers you look gorgeous everybody go Thank look at you. your instagram pictures are you ever gonna share that one of your ass well i posted another one of my ass though 
I might have oh, I must have missed one. that one. It was the main picture on my Instagram post. Oh. What what's going on with you? Was at a wedding this weekend and it has marked though the last wedding on the books, we think. Like I don't think we know anyone else who's engaged who's like so this is very exciting for for us, our pockets, and uh, our social lives. Like, I no shade to anyone's weddings, but we knew this time would come because Matz's friends are split, like, between, like, New York and L.A. And all of his New York friends, like, we've basically finished. They're, they're all the ones are done. And now we know that L.A. is not going to be for a couple of years. And we knew we would have a large break. And I think that break mm-hmm. is starting. And it's pretty exciting. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, I should tell you the phone number to call if you want to call in for an episode. You can give us a call and leave a voicemail at 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message and email it to meganpodcast at gmail.com. What is the format again? Oh, MP3. MP3. Someone asked in the Facebook group and I couldn't remember, even though that's the only audio format I know of. So we ask that you, you have to keep it under three minutes, need your parents' permission if you are under 18. And we ask that you write down everything before you call, time it out, whether that's with a kitchen timer, one of those sand ones, whether stopwatch, like your phone. through the hourglass. So hourglass. the days of our lives. That's, she couldn't go one episode without reference. <laughs> I can't. So, so reference. <laughs> so it has to be under three minutes. So again, we ask that you practice and time it out a few times. And so then when you're ready to call or record your voice memo, you just read it. Let us know your ages, your pronouns, if you would like. And if it's about other people involved in the story, their ages and their pronouns, if again, if you feel comfortable and make sure if it's about relationships, how long you've been together. We want as much details as possible to give the best advice. So let's now let's do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a 20 year old who uses she, her pronouns, and my boyfriend, who is also 20, uses he, him pronouns. We have been together for over four years. This upcoming fall, I will be applying to law school. While I hope to be admitted to the law program at the school where I'm currently getting my undergraduate education, I feel like I need to go look at some backup options. Yesterday, my mom suggested that me, my boyfriend, her, and my dad should go look at two schools about an hour and a half away from home this coming Saturday. Um, when my boyfriend got home from work that evening, I told him to plan to go tour all Saturday. The decision of where I would go to move to go to law school if I had to move would not potentially only affect me, but him as well. We have talked about getting engaged, and he told me he plans on proposing sometime this winter, so this would be somewhere that he would have to move as well. At the moment, he has no other families living in the state and depends on my family for a lot of help. So if my parents, I understand are rent-free, and for the past month, his car has been broken down, so he has been driving either my car or my mom's car to work wherever else he needs to go. So when my boyfriend got home from work that evening, and I told him the plan to go tour on Saturday, he immediately responded very rudely, saying, you told me you'd help me finish moving on Saturday, because his lease is in the college town. I totally forgot forgotten about telling him this, but said, well, I'll go help you move on Friday or Sunday. Here's why he did not want to move out on Sunday, but he'd be tired when he went to work the next morning, even though I'm the one that would be helping him move and he'd be using my car. 
He acted very rude about the whole thing, and like he absolutely could not change his move out date, even though his release isn't up until the end of July. When I'm the one that would be going to tour the future cities that like we would both potentially be living in. My mom was there for the whole conversation and said, well, don't you want to go see where you two would be living, maybe? And he said, no, not really. This whole conversation, the whole thing, honestly felt like a slap in the face. It makes me question if he was really ready to be engaged or serious about his future with me. My mom said his reaction was a red flag. I wanted your all's opinions. I feel like I'm going to have an unpopular opinion. I might have one, too. Are we um, on the same page? <laughs> <laughs> Do we just say how that's wrong? Yeah, I think we might. It might be... And I'm like totally going to own the fact that this just might be how you've been together for so long. You didn't really give us a, a huge amount of background on your relationship. So like this could be we are only going off of what you gave us. But it feels like to me that everything's like about you and like we're prioritizing everything about you. So it's like, oh, I'm going to law school. I'm going to law school. So like natu- like you're going to go with me and you're going to go wherever I go as opposed to like a conversation about the choice that we're like both making to to do that and to move. And it feels like, yes, your family is like, he's there and help they're helping him out and all of that. It feels kind of like he's a guest in that sense where it's like, well, he's getting to use this and he's getting to do this and he's getting to do this. And to me, that's not really a great perspective to kind of have where it feels like I've, it feels a little transactional if like, you plan to have like a future with someone like that. But then also he had plans on Saturday that you guys were, he's supposed to, you're supposed to help him move out. And you didn't remember that. And so then it was like, well, we'll just change your plans for my plans. And from an outside perspective, it does just kind of feel like your life is not as important as my life. And like, we'll adjust for like, you can adjust for me. So like, I don't know, I think I would have been upset and rude too, especially if it's like, you didn't think about the one thing that I had to do. And then when you think about it, you're like, oh, that's fine. You'll just can't, you'll just change that. Yeah, to me, I don't think his reaction was a red flag. I think this might be very controversial and people might throw some tomatoes at me. Tomato, tomato, tomato. But someone I knew was about to like make this big step to go to law school, but they had to operate under their mommy's direction. Like your mom is the one that scheduled this. Your mom is like, essentially taking care of a lot of things for both of you. And then she says that it was kind of like everything needed to fall in line with the plans that your mom made. And then when he didn't get in line with what your mom said, then she said it was a red flag, his reaction. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. So it comes off a little, to me, immature on your part as someone that's about to make this big step into going to law school. I think that your communication is completely off with him. And like Megan said, it seems like what your life is more important than he is. And and he just needs to do what you say do. And if I had plans to move on a specific day, moving takes so much. You just moved. Moving mm-hmm. takes so much out of you. And so mentally and physically, under, mentally and physically. So I completely understand why he doesn't want to do it on Sunday because he's going to be exhausted. He's going to be exhausted and doesn't want to go to work exhausted the next day. 
I also just think that this, to me, if I were him in this environment, and like you said, like, I didn't even think about that. But like, yeah, the mom calling all of those like shots, I would feel like it was I, I was like alone in this, like, I would feel really like I would feel like an extreme outsider in that it's like, you and your family versus him. And I think that that's a really hard position to be in in general. And I think if you can reframe it in your mind from being like, he doesn't have any family here. So like, we are so my parents are so generous and so nice by letting him do blah, 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 and blah. That's a response to a really like hard thing that he doesn't have family there. And I don't think that that's really being like acknowledged that it, it we're kind of acknowledging the fact that it's it's more like he was helped, like your family has helped him out so much, but it's like, let's talk about why they did that. It's like, he doesn't have a support system in this state. And so you and your fam, like you and your family, if that's like what the role that you're going to take on, then that it needs to be that. And especially when it comes to relationships with like your partner and a relationship with your family, if you see a future with your partner, like you are a team, you and your partner are a team. And you will be a team with your partner before you are a team with your parents. And like, sometimes you'll have to be a team against your parents in this. And I think for him, it probably feels like it's a team of you and your parents and then him. And I understand, like, I don't know. I also kind of, part of me is like, it's an hour and a half away. Both of them are. They're in the same state seemingly, but maybe not. California's just fucking you. I'm like, you can't get out of California in an hour and a half. But if he hasn't been like really consulted through all of this, and this is a choice that you made together about what schools you are going to do as your backup, I kind of might not want to go either because I didn't feel like I had a say in it anyway. And so why am I going to give a whole day to this thing that I'm just supposed to go along with? And not that I'm saying that he's not going to go along with it, but unless he's had strong input and he has not only been consulted, but this been, has been like a mutual choice and decision that you've made, I think that assuming and even asking him, like assuming that he is going to come to tour all of the schools, regardless if it was a day that he was moving or busy, I think it is kind of just a throwaway gesture. I don't know about that. I know like when I was planning on going to dental school, they like strongly suggested that your significant other come with you to get the lay of the land and like, understand what the school is because it it's a, a decently like a uh, amount of a program and they're uprooting their life and so they just want to make sure that they're comfortable being there yeah I could I, and 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 that I mean that makes sense I just think that like I don't know maybe I'm California born and raised so I'm like an hour and a half away <laughs> it still feels like the same area yeah and it's also yeah. like it's not that he has like it is true like he doesn't have family here like he is kind of relying on this and so it feels like it's been assumed that no matter what, he's just going to tag along like kid brother. And then it's like, well, if no one's consulting me and like, this has just been kind of like, I'm going to tag along. Like, why do I have to come to all of this? Like, that feels like we're just going through the motions of like, don't you want to see where you'll be living? It's like, well, it's not like I have a say otherwise. Yeah. Like to me that, so like I could see if he, like there was a disinterest on that side of it, but it doesn't even seem like he's disinterested. It just seems like the timing is rude. Yeah, it's like you forgot that he was moving, which just seems rude to me. And you made and you had your mom make the make the other plans. And then also you're like, well, he was just being rude when he responded. Yeah, because you 
disrespected him and didn't put his feelings in place. And then like, also, he probably just said, I don't care because he was mad. You know, sometimes you like get mad at people and they said, well, don't you want to have blah, blah. And you're like, I don't care. And you just like want to move past it because you're mad at that moment. Yeah, that would like really, really hurt my feelings. Like, especially because no matter what, there's going to obviously be favoritism in a house where it's like your significant others and their parents, like you're going to feel out of it. But then there's always something he's like your age and he's working. He's not going to post. He's not doing graduate school. Like it sucks that there still is that like really that elitism and like pretentiousness that can kind of come from that. And then it goes, oh, your life is more important than mine because you're going, you're doing more school than me. And this is something that like, not everyone can go to graduate school, like whether it's like financial or even just like if you're not set up with education. Yeah. Or like if you're set up with another education prior to that, or if like it's just not worth it for your career or it it doesn't make you inherently more valuable as like (laughs) just a, a person. And I think that there's like a lot of factors in this. If I was in this position where I would like feel really, really less than and yeah, that probably would make me question what my future is, but not about, oh, do I care about this person? Do I love this person? But like, do I want to continue feeling like this? And like, how is this going to change? And so, yeah, I I think if you like approach this of being like, are we still going to get engaged in the winter? Like this again, it just, it doesn't really feel like it's about him, but who knows? Maybe you talked about it beforehand and like he was very on board and choosing all of this like stuff and like that but you didn't include that so I can't go off of that but I I don't the, to me this isn't a red flag to me this is like I would feel like so supremely like disrespected and, and mm-hmm. un, like not unvalued yeah so uh let's take a break Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com 
Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there oh and and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also 
curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. back from the break roll the tapes hi megan and melissa about a month and a half ago i 19 years old she or her was broken up with by my then girlfriend also 19 years old she or her on facetime three days into her trip in italy days prior to this trip i stayed with her family and went with them to drop her off at the airport so i did not see this coming i was also unhappy in our relationship so i wasn't like devastated just caught off guard for some background information, we dated for seven months prior and spent nearly every day together. We were in a trauma bond situation because a month into our relationship, my dad told me he was diagnosed with cancer, sorry, and then my grandma died. <laughs> so needless to say, I have a lot of trauma going on, like not just that. And I was really triggered by what she did and decided that no contact would be best. 
the last text I sent her was a long paragraph that basically said, never contact me again and to only send me back things that belong to my dad, such as like old Gap sweatshirts. I also told her she can throw away anything else of mine. I explicitly said those. A week later, like two weeks later, I got a package with one of my dad's sweaters, but also three of her own shirts from Zara slash Sheen and a t-shirt I gave her that says, I heart my hot girlfriend. What the fuck am I going to do with that? Wear it? Give it to my next girlfriend? No, that's weird. So I threw it out. She also told me to keep her pair of $400 jeans. I don't know what to do because I feel weird wearing her clothes. Should I refurbish them? What if I see her at school and I'm wearing her things? That would be weird. What if, like, um, do I look desperate? Is this offensive to a potential significant other? Is it weird, like, if I sell them, does that mean to her? Is this her trying to get me to reach out? We're both Leo Rising, also on Scorpio Sun and Aquarius Moon, and I've been listening since middle school. Ah, I felt you rushing at the end of this call. You still had a whole minute. It's what happens. First, I would like to say, if your significant other is going to Italy without you, good luck. That's what- Dump them first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We've all heard what yeah. happened. Ask Melissa, what happens in Italy? Dick. Yeah. Or pussy. Whatever whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you desire, whatever you want, it's all there served on a platter. Like, if don't be in a relationship going to Italy by yourself unless you're in an open relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lesson that we should we should all we should all learn. First of all, I'm so so sorry you've had such a rough rough year like that's really really hard yeah and a quick uh <laughs> is any of her stuff cute like would you want to wear it like is it like these $400 jeans are they cute $400 jeans like do you love them or would would you love it more if there was some cash in your pocket i think mm-hmm. that like in general there's like really no clean way to like send people their stuff. Like there's always going to be a lot of emotions attached to it. And I do think a lot of people will use like either ask for things back that are like very personal as like, a uh, just like as a means to kind of get under your skin. And I also think people give things back that feel really confusing that make you be like, okay, what, but mm, this is like, I'm, what is happening here? So she did it on purpose because of the text message that you sent. It's not an accident at all. And like, to be fair, who cares why? Like, just who cares why she sent any of that stuff? If it's just to piss you off or whatever, but like she sent it to you, you can do with it whatever you want now. Like, I think if it's if it's stuff that you really like, that's cute, that you would want to keep. I don't think you should feel weird if you're wearing it. And I think if you see her at school and she brings it up, you're like, oh, I, I actually don't think this is yours. Like, I don't think so. Like, you can just who say. Who are you? I told it, it would be like, who, who are you? I told you never to speak to me again. Why are you talking to me? I don't think we know. I don't. I'm sorry. Who are you? So, like, I think like she fucked you over. So you have free reign to do whatever the fuck you want. And similarly, I think if you want to sell shit, like, it's not even a matter of like, yes, it's if you like these clothes. But it's, would you like them more or would you like cash in your pocket more than this Zara top or these jeans or whatever? And as it goes for like future relationships, I mean, I don't know anyone 
in any relationship who doesn't have something that's from like, oh, this is a t-shirt that was like, I have like a pair of like boxers I sleep in that it's like my friends, my like middle school friends, sisters, ex-boyfriends, like that shit just gets like, it becomes like, there's no like sentimental thing attached to it. I think that like things that I perceive with sentimental attachment would be like an engagement ring, a promise ring, some, some jewelry, really not all jewelry, but most of the stuff I would be perceived with a really big, like sentimental attachment, it would have to be from someone who you're pining over. You're not pining. So like any relationship Mm -hmm. that you have after this, I don't think it's really about what things you have from your old relationship, but like your attachment to those things. And like, what is that attachment? And I don't think you have that. I've got hoodies. I've got basketball shorts. I've got socks. Like you just, stuff accumulates and half the stuff like I know that they're they belong to someone I couldn't even tell you who specifically they belong to I just know I didn't buy it so I don't whatever you choose to do with it like if you want it keep it if not donate it or sell it do whatever you want with yeah don't attach too much sentimental memories onto something that doesn't have any meaning to it well because you're also trying like you don't have those feelings towards these things but because she's giving you these things, it feels like she's putting that on there. So like rebuke that energy. Like I don't I don't accept that energy if you're putting sentimental value onto these things that you're giving me. Like these have no sentimental value to me. So just like say fuck it. You know and I'm so sad yeah. that I gave back to the guy I was dating in college was these booty shorts that said I heart AE pie. And I know he definitely gave them to like they I forget the frat made them for something. And I was like, I wish I still had those. Why did you have AE pie shorts? Because he gave them to me because that was his fraternity. It was like branding. But they... Okay. I'm sad I don't have them anymore. That's all I'm saying. So I could be walking around in my home with my fiance wearing I Heart A.E. Pie booty shorts. When when you initially said A.E. Pie, like A.E. Pie, I, I, I was thinking of uh, A.O. Pie which is a sorority. Oh, so it's yeah. like, why did he give you another sorority? Oh, that would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really That's why I was wondering why. <laughs> That's funny, though. I, I, I'm sorry that so much has happened to you in, in the last few months, including this person, but I hope that things get better. And yeah. you're over this and fuck her. You can make some money off of this or mm-hmm. something cute. I'm going to give you some advice. So sell the jeans. I can't picture a single pair of jeans that are worth $400. Unless they're like off-white or like some, like. Even the most expensive jeans that I've had, they're usually not even good. Like the most expensive, I've spent $300, $400 on jeans. And I've liked like the $100 jeans better. Like they fit better. So I just can't imagine them being great. No, I can only imagine them if they're like white off white from like Virgil's last collection. Like that's it. Like mm-hmm. that's like the only thing that I could fathom. But if they don't look like they're four hundred dollars, sell them. Yeah. If I can't tell by immediately looking at them, sell them. <sighs> Hi, Megan Melissa. First of all, I love the podcast. I've been listening since day one, so just wanted to put that out there. Um, so I need some advice. I am almost 25, she, her pronouns. The person I'll be talking about is 22, I believe. She, her pronouns 
we'll call her Jessica. So basically, I'm getting married next month, and I had a really, really small bridal shower with a lot of rescheduling issues. A lot of people couldn't make it. You know, it's summer. It's busy. We totally get it. This one particular friend, Jessica, she had, you know, been telling me that she was so excited to go, that she wouldn't miss it for anything. She even got asked to, you know, go into work to cover, and she said, no, I, you know, it's my quote-unquote best friend's bridal shower. Just for a little background, we used to work together. We got really close. But other than that, like, we are good friends. I wouldn't call her a best friend, but we are close. So basically, the night before, we had been talking, and she basically sounded like she wasn't sure if she was going to go. I personally think the reason may have been not entirely factual um, relating to child care, even though for months she had been telling me she had it all arranged. So the night before, I kind of got those vibes. So the day of, she's also known to be pretty flaky. We've invited her to a lot of things, and she has not shown up. And the most frustrating thing is that we always, we, my fiance and I, always prioritize going to, you know, her son's birthdays, you know, her graduation, like all kinds of things like that. We always make it a priority. We always show up for her. And that's why this is so frustrating. So on Saturday, don't hear a single word from her. Um, she had also made a comment about how early it was when it was literally at 11 a.m., but that's fine. Yeah, I was just really, really hurt by it. I just felt like, you know, she talks a big game and doesn't show up to things repeatedly. And I think she doesn't realize that she's flaky, but tons of people that, you know, we who also know her that we know, you know, kind of refer to her as being pretty flaky and, you know, not to invite her because she never shows up, even if she claims that she will. So she sent me this really long apology on Monday. So I hadn't heard from her the whole weekend. Sent me this long apology on Monday. And honestly, I don't really know how to respond. I just was more upset that she didn't even think to message me the day of, to ask me how it went. Because if there was a genuine reason that you couldn't make it because of childcare, I completely understand that. But I, you know, also need some respect of communication. So Anyway, um, just need some advice on what you think I should say. Has anyone told Jess that they feel this way about her, like, time management and, like, that she's flaky? Because you say that, like, you don't think that she knows that, but you all, like, talk about that. Because I think that, like, we all have different expectations with, like, our relationships and friendships and when we make plans and stuff like that. But I think we can't put our own expectations onto other people without having a conversation so like I'm someone who I'm I I'm a very like low maintenance friend like if you want to cancel something like totally fine like we'll definitely do that but if I if I was like friends with someone who like that really bothered them that I would like would last minute cancel or something I would want them to like let me know that because that wouldn't that doesn't bother me so like I don't think there's like a universal sort of thing there. I think that I'm a little confused about how she like hinted that she might not come because that to me, I would just straight up be like, I thought I found some childcare. I don't think I have any. So if that changes, I'll text you in the morning. But if you don't hear from me, that's because I I'm having to do primary care. So like, I think that there's a communication lapse, but it feels like unless you like, t- like you bring that up and you say that, I think it makes sense to me how this keep routinely happening is happening if no one's had a conversation because I think it's hard to change your behavior if you don't know like if she's if she has no idea that like 
to her, maybe she communicated that like, oh, I don't think maybe you're more direct. Do you know what I mean? Like I would need someone to be like, I like, I don't think I'm not going to be able to come tomorrow. Here's like the final consensus or whatever. But this just feels like maybe you're just mismatched friendship wise. I would say like if it was a like uh, getting lunch or getting dinner. Yeah, I understand this. But this is a brighter bridal shower, which is a big deal that she's known about for a while. Also, the caller checked with her and and double checked to make sure that she was coming. Plus, with the bridal shower, you have to like get party favors and then get food for people and stuff. So. Like there's a lot of planning that goes into it. So like if it was something that was very basic, sure, be flaky. But when it's something that is important to me, that's my bridal shower, that a lot of planning goes into it, a lot of money goes into it. There's games that are to be played too. Like- I've never been to a bridal shower. I didn't okay. know that there, I, I thought it's like, like when that's different than like an engage, when you get engaged and you invite people over for drinks, it's like a di- that. Yeah. Okay. I take it back. I don't, (laughs) I don't know what a bridal shower is. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, this is something that is formal. It's like an RSVP, right? Yeah. It's an RSVP. Yeah. That's true. There was probably a a place setting for her. Like there's uh, definitely a gift for her. So when you check and you said that there was, that I was, I said that I was coming and I said once in advance that I had childcare. And then I don't respond or even give you a heads up that day, then I think that's very selfish and inconsiderate. Yeah, you're right. I apparently did not know what a bridal shower was. So no, that makes, (laughs) that makes, yeah, that makes way more sense. Cause, and that makes sense why you would want a text like day of to -hmm. know, because it's not a pop in, pop out, like housewarming party kind of style thing where it's like, you might see them there. You might catch them. You might miss them. Like it's, it's more structured for yeah, that. So and- you would want to rearrange the table. You would want to like, yeah, that makes way more sense. And usually like the bridal showers, like your closer friends too. So it's not even like, it's like everyone. It's probably like your closest friends and like the family, even if it's like your groom or brides the in-laws like family it might be people like you don't specifically know and then that's also embarrassing too when you've got this set and then you don't have a friend show up for it yeah yeah no I that that makes total sense and like especially if it's something that is structured it is obvious when someone is missing it's Mm -hmm. not like it's like there's a very large like clear obvious gap there I think it's nice that she like sent an apology but yeah no now I get that like that doesn't feel like enough because it came it came after that it it could be actually impactful for how like the day was structured or organized mm-hmm. you're not like kind of waiting for someone or like saving a serving of something or a gift or whatever and if she didn't offer like an explanation and you are just also assuming that it's kind of childcare related this to me just seems like she just might doesn't seem like super responsible and tends to like overcommit and under deliver which is a really mm-hmm. frustrating trait that I think checks out for being 22 because it especially like I can imagine having a kid too with like you've dueling sides of you where you really want to come and so you think you can and you're totally going to make it happen but like there's a lot more logistics involved than just being someone who doesn't have a, like a kid and who can just do whatever they want to do so 
I mean, I think you just be honest with her and just be like, like, I appreciate the apology. I really wish this could have happened on sat- Saturday. You said like, I wish, wish mm-hmm. this could have happened on Saturday. And I'm like, not going to lie. It really did hurt my feelings that you didn't come and you no showed. I, it, I obviously would have been sad if you had told me the night before you weren't gonna be able to make it, but at least I wouldn't have felt like as disappointed as I did like on the day. And I understand that like your life has a lot of things up in the air and like childcare is something that like you didn't say that you had kids. I can't begin to like understand like the logistics of like scheduling that stuff. And I know things come up, but it just really hurt my feelings that it felt like I was kind of like an afterthought after you had committed to come. And I understand if something comes up, but in the future, like I would really like if you could let me know ahead of time, because it is really disheartening when it feels like I can't count on you to say that you're going to be there for something. And I look forward to seeing you and then you're not there. And it just makes me feel like our like friendship isn't a priority and it's okay if you can't make it to everything. That won't change our friendship, but I'd rather you tell me that straight up versus promising you'll be somewhere and then I'm let down when you're not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be offended if anyone said that to me. You know, like I think that like- I wouldn't either because you took time and care for that response is very careful and timed out because the bridal shower is expensive but the wedding's going to be even more expensive and then if she doesn't show up there where you've also set money and a place aside for her then like i just wouldn't be cool with that no if someone no showed to my wedding and it was a pattern of behavior like it wasn't like there was an emergency or anything, but if it was like they were flaky and then they didn't show, like that would be done with my friendship. Mm-hmm. Like fully, fully, fully done. But yeah, I think the one thing I would say is I really would not bring up the fact that you and your boyfriend, fiance, sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't bring up that you and your fiance like make a point to be there for her son's stuff. I just would not include him in any of the conversation because- I don't know if she's like a single parent, but regardless, friendships change a lot when people have kids and Mm -hmm. it's really hard when single people, friends with people who have kids, like that's why a lot of new parents become friends with other parents because you, you do need someone who can be a little, be understanding and know where you're coming from in similar schedules and stuff like that. I think that will always be easier for someone who does not have kids to attend something for a kid than someone with kids to attend something without their kid. It's like, it's just not comparable. I just wouldn't bring that up because I don't think that she's intentionally malicious here. Like, I think unless you're trying to go into a situation with something, somebody who is intentionally malicious going in with like a tit for tat kind of thing, like, well, we do this for you. I, it just doesn't, it never ends well because it feels really transactional. And I only think that works if someone's doing something intentionally to harm you, not unintentionally. Right. But this, yeah, I would, I would definitely be annoyed now that I know what a bridal shower is. And I'm sorry, I didn't know what a bridal shower was. I've been to so many weddings, but not a bridal shower. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and presson falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so now we're going to get to Don't Blame Them. We're going to have two this episode. Ooh. If you don't know what Don't Blame Them is, this is a segment on our show where people, aka listeners, not just random people off the street, listeners call in and give their own advice pertaining to a call we had on a previous episode. So maybe they have some personal experience with it where we did not, or they have some additional insight, or they just have some strong feelings they would like to share with the original caller and the rest of the class. 
Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling in regards to Season 10, Episode 3 for the toddler teacher who has a assistant teacher that is overstepping their boundaries. Unfortunately, I have been in this situation myself as an elementary teacher. I often have had educational assistants that have felt like they knew more than I did and they would overstep my boundaries and it's very frustrating and it's unfortunately not a rare occurrence. I do agree with Melissa that this situation is going to solve itself, especially because this teacher is overstepping their boundaries. I know somebody that I graduated with who was pretty much exactly like the assistant that this caller is referring to, and they lost their job because they were not being professional or appropriate in their environment. So I think the caller should keep that in mind. Additionally, though, if it doesn't end up you know, working in her favor, I think it's important to remember that you are the teacher and there's going to be people like this person that are overstepping your boundaries. And don't be afraid to remind the person that you're working with that this is my classroom. I am the person that directly responds to the families at all times. So if you want to do things in the classroom or you want to plan things, it needs to be run by me first. So I think reminding the teacher of that is very important, the teacher assistant. And if the teacher assistant still does not follow through with that, then that's when you can really get administration involved. Like Melissa said, definitely document the times that she's overstepping and the times that she is being inappropriate and not doing what is in her job description. One last thing regarding the certification, depending on what her position is, she might not even need a certification for it. So before that becomes an issue, just make sure that her role is not a non-certified position because that could get you into a mess that you don't even want to get yourself involved into. I hope that it works itself out. I hope if this person does remain in the school that they back off and give you some peace, but know that you're the teacher. It's your classroom. You call the shots and it's okay to advocate for yourself. So I hope it gets better, and I wish you the best of luck in the next coming weeks as you deal with the situation. Thanks. Bye. Thinking about this more, I've told you, I don't know if I've said that on the podcast before, but my school, like public school, but we had multi-age learning programs. So we had like kindergarten with first graders, like it was two grades in each classroom, very small, less than like, it's like 20 kids in each, like so there's like, I think I we had like between seven to 10 kids in each grade. Maybe we had, maybe it was like 10 to 15. We always had like less than 30 kids. I think we were around like 20 kids in the class. And that would be with two grades combined. But we had aides specifically for like certain specific students had like their own personal aides who would just aid them, like not the whole classroom. But we had parents who would be in. We had to have like at least two parents at every class, which I always thought was like, great because it takes a village. It is also just shows incredibly how privileged it is where it's a public school and you're expecting parents to be able to come in at least two parents and every parent was required at some point to come do that. You have to have parents who can (laughs) do that like career wise. But I was thinking about like, holy shit, now imagine like people say that the worst part about teaching, I mean, it's sometimes the administration, like your bosses, but a lot of times parents like now imagine that coming from parents who literally know nothing about the specific situations. Like I think about that now with my like elementary school teachers. I'm like, damn, how did you handle that? And the parents had fucking thoughts and feelings about everything. I think about I have flashbacks of my mother coming to just sometimes just do pop up visits into classrooms. 
and she did have thoughts and feelings about things um also my grandmother who was uh i mentioned before she was a teacher for the blind and some and when she she would always come for grandparents day and have a lot of thoughts and feelings too so um i understand I loved when people's grandparents would come like this. I was upset because I didn't have like grandparents who live close by, but I loved it. Like this, I was like, this is so fun. My grandmother is a very um, great woman. I, I take a lot after. I look exactly like her, but I also take a lot after her. She's a very proud, sophisticated woman who can tear you down with her words, but you don't realize it. Very hmm. sharp. A nice Southern so, woman. <laughs> yeah. But like bougie too. Oh yeah. So it, it it was like she came dressed to the nines to the classroom. So it was very, <gasps> I'm sure, intimidating for the teacher. And I, think I would have I told loved you that before though. that she was like always the smartest person. Or yeah, always. I was obsessed with glamorous grandmas. Mm-hmm. So much, so much. You know what Sydney's and Jerry's mom wants to be called when she's a grandma? Glammy. <laughs> she wants to be a glam grandma. <laughs> That's what uh, Nene Leakes is called, Glamma. That checks out. Mm-hmm. So shout out to teachers. We talk about it in this week's episode of But Am I Wrong? But sending teachers so much. I feel like we should also, the government should also give teachers at-home punching bags and gym memberships so they can like get their Agree. aggression out. Agree. The patience. Hey guys, so I'm a don't blame them for I don't know what series, but it was the most recent episode three. There was a caller struggling with their career, having just gotten a job in their industry, is feeling really underwhelmed and not sure if it's right for them. I just want to say that I was in that very same position four years ago. I had graduated uni, landed my first paid job in the industry, which for me is the music industry, and it was really, really tough. I'm not going to lie, I thought I was on top of the world. I thought that I had all of the skills and that I'd gained all of the knowledge in university and through the multiple unpaid internships that I had done. I graduated with a Bachelor of Entertainment Management and my first few months of this job, I just thought, why on earth am I here? It doesn't really seem like I'm contributing to the greater good and I wasn't using my level of expertise to its full extent. So I had to consider what was important to me. I've learned over the past four years that I'm always going to be a cog in the machine, whether I'm an entry-level administrator or whether I'm the CEO. I never have stopped learning, and I was really naive back then to think I was deserving of something greater. I think that if there was one thing I could tell myself, it would just be suck it up and do the job. I made the decision to do exactly that and stick around for at least a year. I'm so proud I did. I figured out what my priority was, which was to stay in the area that I was passionate about. This might not be what the caller decides, which is absolutely fine. As Megan and Melissa said, a lot of self-reflection as to whether the career trajectory in this company and field is something that is really important to the caller or whether realistically they want to head in a different direction and place higher salaries and better benefits at the forefront. That is also really fine. (laughs) Circling back to skills and knowledge though, Prior to my first admin job, I worked at Macca's for seven years. And so my first few weeks in an industry paid job, I cannot tell you how bored I was. I was completing all my tasks before 10.30 and asking for more. And it was dirty work, like emptying the dishwasher, setting up board meetings and sorting mail. All of these tasks taught me so much though. And I'm forever grateful for the groundwork that I did to now, four years later, be in a job where my manager trusts me. I have flexible working. I've negotiated pay. 
closed a gender pay gap between me and a colleague and was potentially poached by another company. And I get to work with artists and help them, which is important to me. Often, I think we live in a world of comparisons. I struggle with this myself to this day. I have friends who haven't studied whatsoever but are making 40K more than me. And I also have friends who simply chose higher earning fields than me. And then I wonder where I went wrong. I have to remind myself though that I didn't actually go wrong because if I take them out of the picture, I'm over the moon with me, my story, my accomplishments. So yeah, I just wanted to say that you're not alone. It is really tough, but also pick yourself up, make some hardcore decisions and things don't often get handed to people on silver platters. Beautifully, beautifully said. I think the cog in the machine part is really true. And I've thought about this call a lot more since. And I don't think anybody in any position, similar to what she said, like from an entry level to a CEO, you will never every day be using your degree and all of your expertise to the best, like to the fullest extent, because you would implode. Like it's just not physically possible, like operating at a level of being like, I want it to be everything that like I'm using all of that stuff like that's not it's not sustainable and like if you go into a job I think in general with that then no matter like you're never going to be paid or treated to equate to putting 150 percent out constantly and like to be using all parts of your all of that stuff like the cog in the machine part and the boredom and stuff that sucks but if you think of the alternative, the alternative is not sustainable and people take advantage. In no matter what position you are, you should never be giving every single thing that you have to your job because then you will be left with absolutely nothing and you're never going to be accurately compensated or rewarded for giving all of that. And I think that hustle culture has made us feel like that and made us feel like like the degrees that you earn need to be used every single day. Like, to be fair, I think most degrees, most undergrad degrees are hoops to jump through and like and to get into these jobs and get into these rooms. And I think they instill a false sense of importance in college, like those teachers do and everything about that. So you feel like what you're doing is not that like, so it's not you're just going through the motions to end up getting a job, but you're going to utilize and use all of that stuff. And that like your job should be challenging, fulfilling, rewarding, like emotional, like all of these things, like all at once. That's just the romanticizing of capitalism and everyone needs to do their job. But a CEO, the top of the line, like a lot of CEOs do the least amount of work. Like, it's just like, if you think about, I always think about everything like a set, like Everyone needs to do their job and nothing more and nothing less. If you do more than your job on a set, you make it harder and worse for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think about too, like depending on where you land at a job or where you kind of end up like, let's say that, you know, you want to be the boss, like you want to be the manager. Well, or even the CEO will you probably, some of the creativity that goes into your job, that goes away, but now you're in charge of every, making sure everyone else's creativity is getting put on and then also done and you become the person that's like, we need this on schedule. So it's like, even the further that you go in your career, unless you're 
someone that just like you know exactly where you want to be and you get to that position then like you're not always going to be doing everything that you want and I saw someone talking about how you know they didn't want like they hit the level at their job where they wanted to be and I think it was a sales job like they hit the level at that sales job and they didn't want to go to the next level as like a manager or something because they didn't want to lose what they were doing in their sales job. So instead, what they did is they moved through different jobs, like different, like they went to a different company that was bigger. So it paid more money, but then they could stay in that same position. And that's how they got promotions and jobs and things. So it's just all about perspective and how it gets down to the point where I said, and you said, and also the caller that just did, don't blame them. What do you want? Yeah. And knowing that you can't just have these grandiose dreams of what you think you might want without putting the work in to get there. Unless you find a billionaire and marry them and then take their money. Yeah. And it becomes your money too. That's not a, that's not a bad a bad thing but i will say it's not a bad thing at all but if anyone listening lands himself a billionaire it is your responsibility to melinda gates the situation and donate Mm -hmm. so you you can live comfortably for eternity and all of your children and grandchildren but that you're no longer just a billionaire Mm because same with Mackenzie scott she did the same thing and last piece of advice I constantly tell mods, which he has never taken from me, but I think everybody should do this in in general. I also love the anti-work subreddit where they like people talk about how it's really wonderful, like for like workplace confrontation, like how they people hold boundaries with like their bosses and all of this stuff. It's really, I hope, I hope like CEOs and employers look at that to like see how they are treating their employees and stuff. But if you go into a job performing at um 100% that 100% becomes 50% in a week and mm-hmm. you can never do you can never do enough once you've done that so like setting everybody's expectations and standards for your performance and knowing that nobody at the company where you work is doing 100% ever and that's just what it is and so if you look around and you see that you're the hardest working person there that is something that you need to change that is not what everybody else needs to change. Like you need to meet everyone. You need to meet where other people are at because again, you will never ever be accurately compensated for bleeding yourself dry. You just won't. Like if you see someone doing the bare minimum and they're getting paid as much as you, all that tells me is you could be doing, that's what. That's how what you could be doing. That was the biggest advice that my dad gave me. Um, the One of the first jobs I had I think it was like a job I had in college, but it was still like a corporate job. And he and I was telling him how I was like getting all my work done, like earlier than anyone else and blah, blah. blah. And he said, why? Like they're making the same amount of money as you are. Don't burn yourself out. Don't do more than what's given to you because they don't care. Because the thing is, if you're doing that much in that position, then they're going to want to keep you in that position because then they think that like, you're the best at this. So why would I promote you? Yeah. And it's going to be harder for anyone to get raises. And then everybody Mm -hmm. like, they're going to expect new hires 
to do more than what their job is, what is asked of them. And then what doing more than what's asked of you then becomes expected. And it's not Mm -hmm. accurately paid. And it's not just for you, but it happens to the other people who've been hired. Like Moss has had that at jobs before where people have like, he's like, they've talked about the job description. And he's like, those are two completely different jobs. Like, and they're like, well, this other person did that. And then it's like, well, where are they now? Like, oh, they were fired. And it's like, well, yeah, like you can't, those aren't the same. That's not, you have to, these need to be like two separate positions. And it happens like, I think it happens more and more now, especially in like the sales and like marketing sides of things, because people think that you can just hold up a phone and suddenly you're viral and that's how you're doing all of that stuff. But it's mm-hmm. always assume that you're, bosses are trying to take advantage of you. (laughs) And I think it comes from like the overachiever performance. And I think a lot of gifted kids who went through gifted programs, that's how they do that. And that's the definition of moths. And I was like, my biggest blessing, I was not a gifted child. (laughs) So like, I think that there's a lot of proving it to other people versus proving it to yourself. That's how I was all like, I was a gifted child. And I just, I, I got like a high off of everyone praising me for all the things that I did. And then when I got to college, I was so burnt out on it. And that's when I had my first bout of depression was Mm -hmm. in my senior year of college, because I got to a point where one, I didn't, I was doing everything I was doing was to please other people. And I was tired and burnt out. And then two, I realized I didn't want to go to dental school anymore. And I was having like a crisis of like, I've been doing this for four years. What's next? And so don't get burnt out and tired and overworked because you're doing more than what's asked of you. Yeah. And I saw this TikTok of a woman who like works in burnout specialty. And she said that recovering from burnout takes like two, it's minimum, it's two full years off of work, like not doing any work is how you recover. And she's like, that's next to impossible for people. And so what I do is I coach people through, like working with burnout. And like, it takes like six years. And like, I will, I have been dealing with burnout since 2016, maybe, like, and anyone who like looks at my YouTube or looks at my Instagram, whatever, like you can tell, like you can tell, I started to go through that and then I didn't stop working. I like would take little breaks here and there and all of that. But like, you can't heal from burnout without like actually taking a huge step away. And so all of us who are dealing with burnout, which so many more people are, we're coping with burnout. Like, Mm -hmm. and so we're coping and trying to get through it, but it's going to take so much, so much, so much longer. And it's just like an absolute hellhole. And the best thing that you can do what she said, she was like, it is not burnout is not inevitable. Like it's it's not a thing that has to happen that's going to happen to everybody. Like the best thing that you can do is do everything you can to prevent it and to take those care steps. Because once you reach the threshold, it's so much fucking harder to come back from mm-hmm. it eventually when you can prolong it from happening for as long as humanly possible. And I wish I had done that. Like, I so, so, so wish I had. And I hope other people listening that like, if you can avoid that, do it because it's hard. It's very hard, but our culture promotes it. Anyways, that is it for our episode. 
should we see, should I look to see if there's any reviews? Yeah, I think there is. From Jeff Likes Cookies. So I am 18. I started listening to Don't Blame Me when I was 15. Holy shit. Shortly before the pandemic started. Hold up. You, I want to send sense. you so much love because that is the most, I have to say that is, uh, of people going through the pandemic, that is the biggest jump of all ages. And I've thought that since the beginning of the pandemic and whew, send any love. Uh, and I'm proud to say how much this podcast has positively impacted my life. From being more confident, learning how to speak out for myself, self, starting therapy, and maybe most importantly of all, learning what it means to truly respect others. Oh, Megan and Melissa have taught me a lot about being a good person. The most recent episode inspired me to write a review because I know I'm not necessarily the target audience as an 18-year-old boy, but I love these people so much. I sometimes credit Don't Blame Me for starting my villain redemption arc because my friends joke that being a villain is just about speaking up for your own feelings and needs, even though they might not coincide with those of others. So it brings me joy to look back on how this show was always a part of my life while I was learning how to advocate for myself and how to set boundaries while overall becoming a better person throughout high school. I'm excited to see what's to come. Holy shit. Jeff likes cookies. We've been getting so many good reviews lately. and Like you're hitting me right in the feels. I know. But thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. I love that definition of villains too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's great. Like, I do think a lot of villains are misunderstood. Yeah. In television. Not like Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. No, Elon Musk is not misunderstood. Uh, okay. We hope you all enjoyed this episode. Again, if you want to hit us up on Patreon, please do. We have video versions of the podcast. We also do live streams twice a month. They're really fun. A great way to socialize with people if you are looking for that, especially with summer. I know summer was a very lonely time for me, especially going through like school ages. So if you would like to join, we would love to have you there. No pressure. It's really fun. I promise. It's nobody bites. Like everybody is so kind and so sweet. And if you just want to donate to the Patreon to support the show, enter in however much money you want. Uh, And stay tuned. Well, don't stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to our other podcasts. But am I wrong? Because we have an exciting, somewhat related announcement at the end of that episode this week on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're part of our Patreon, you already know. Oh, you do. Oh, you do, you do, you do. And if you're part of the Facebook group, you might have had an inkling. And if you've applied to be a part mm-hmm. of the Facebook group, I'm sorry. We will go. We will. I, we're going to have to start over. We're just going to start over. Yeah. We basically have like rounds of accepting people. And then sometimes people will come in, like we'll sneak them in. But we, we do a high, a large vetting process to ensure that we have a safe community for everybody who is in there. If you're still listening to this, head on over to our Instagram. Make sure you're following us as well as our TikTok and comment, comment what celebrity you would want to throw your bridal shower. Oh, that's a good one. Because I think the only answer is Oprah, like bridal shower specifically. Oprah is because I think Ina Garden would throw like a beautiful event, but Ina, she's not dishing out like the, I don't think the gift baskets. I think it would be like some local Manuka honey, but like Oprah, I think Oprah would give me like beats, a Sonos player. Yeah, it'll be her favorite things list. Like you'd get all that. You might get a car. You'd get, you'd definitely get a bunch of food, like a lot of gift certificates for food. You'd get like her pajamas. She'd probably embroider them. Yeah. And then the food's going to, because she has like several live-in shifts. So the food's going to be top notch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
agree. Oprah. I can't. I'm trying to think of anyone else. I don't think there's anyone that tops that. I don't think so. But I would love to hear anyone try. I also think that like mm-hmm. she would give you a basket and everyone would get a basket of some of her homegrown vegetables from her garden. And mm-hmm. it would be so much stuff that you would have to it would be in a wagon like everyone's would come out in your car. She'd put it yeah. in your car. It'd be so. Did you see that video of Oprah and Gail like cooking in the kitchen, which I was like, I love you girls, but let's let is <laughs> this is if, why did nobody on your team let you know that this entire video, all this did was tell me that neither of you have been in a kitchen cooking yourself for years. It was oh, just no, they the, do, like Oprah does like she she does cook in her kitchen. Maybe it was this really specific does. kitchen, but it was the gas burner was just trying to light. So you just hear like the tick, 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 tick like the, through the entire video. And I was like, how did nobody stop mm. this? It's so it's at the forefront like it's so loud so i wondered if maybe like you know a lot of a lot of such like very wealthy people like that they have their personal kitchens and then they have like the chef kitchens and so i was like i mm-hmm. cannot imagine you've cooked in this kitchen a lot maybe it wasn't yeah. even hers oprah says that she makes a point to cook at least once a week me too so oprah she is just like us that's it we will oh leave a review and okay i'm done talking is that it yeah Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.